Welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 46, a scientist kundalini awakening, entities in caves, and fasting like Jesus. We welcome Michael Daniels to the show, who has a very strong background in science, including a degree in molecular biology, to name just one of his credentials. But later on in the show, we're going to talk about the importance of fasting and how that was the catalyst to his spiritual awakening. We're also going to talk about how Asenid masters, much like Jesus, used to fast as well. And we're going to talk about how that actually affects the mitochondria, the consciousness, and the energy light force within our body from a very scientific point of view. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to also talk about Michael's very spiritual experience and how his life changed overnight, especially after seeing an entity in a cave. What was that like for him and how did it change everything? We're going to get into all of that. But later on in the show, stay tuned because just when you think the show is over, we actually add in a post-production clip because we kept recording and there was some more great information that came out, like the bioenergetics and the cytoskeleton being crystalline and how it conducts energy and how that was where the whole saying of feeling it in your bones comes from because apparently the bones hold the deepest memories in our body. So stay tuned for all of this coming up in episode 46. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. I am here with my fabulous co-hosts, Lisa, Brian, and Michael. And today we're actually joined by another Michael. So things might get a little confusing, but I'm sure we'll figure it all out. Uh, We are joined by Michael Daniels, who is a scientist who used to be a skeptic, um, possibly more so than Brian, if that's even possible. And he has had a very profound spiritual experience that literally changed his life and understanding of what his reality actually is overnight. So we're excited to hear from him. Michael, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm absolutely doing fantastic. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you on the show. It's always nice to have a perspective that was skeptic and scientific and how you are handling the new information that's kind of coming in just through your own experiences and understanding it. But so to give everyone here on the show, especially Brian and Michael um, and the audience, a perspective of where you're coming from, do you want to just take us through like how you grew up as a child and how you got into the um, profession that you're in right now? Yeah, sure. You know, it, it's really interesting story. I mean, I, I'm just a, you know, a good old North Carolina country boy. I grew up out in, oh, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, Nashville, about an hour east of Raleigh. Um, you know, we weren't really like the, the, the driving around tractors all the time, farmer farmers. I mean, we did that. We, we leased out a large portion of a farm to a large farming operation. And, and my dad had a poultry business. You know, we had, oh gosh, quarter million hens laying eggs 365 days a year, whether it was 100 degrees outside or zero degrees. You know, and I grew up in that environment. We had horses, had stables, uh, registered quarter horses, really beautiful life growing up. Um, so dad was kind of the farmer businessman. Mom was a registered nurse, critical care nurse. So I kind of I kind of use that story to kind of uh, explain how I came about, you know. And I have an, an entrepreneurial business mind, but also a very 
strong biological scientist mind. And, and you know, long story short, I ended up going off to college instead of staying around in the family business and ended up getting a couple of degrees in uh, biology, uh, focused more in biotechnology, molecular biology, got a master's in molecular bio. And um, actually teetered on going into a PhD. I, 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 after my master's, I ended up at UNC School of Medicine um, working with a, a PhD who actually trained under James Watson, the Nobel Prize winner, along with Watson, you know, with, with Craig, uh, Francis Craig. And, uh, you know, it was there that I learned that, that science, molecular biology, cellular, it was absolutely my passion. But being in the lab all day long was just way too confining for me. And, um, you know, I, and what I did, I, I kind of, I, I, I said, I, I can't do five years of, of research working on a PhD. So I, I left out of there into industry, um, got a job in pharmaceutical industry in a laboratory supervisory role, supervising microbiologists. Um, and, uh, you know, six, seven months later, that corporation had a big worldwide layoff. I think it was 8,000 people. And I was one of those kind of last in, first out kind of things. Absolutely crushed. Uh, oh, this was my career path, I thought. But what happened, some very profound lessons happened there. Uh, and I ended up doing something I had no idea about. And that was recruiting, staffing for scientists. You know, I uh, ended up working for a company that was growing a staffing firm, a bunch of scientists, entrepreneurial minded, going out, recruiting and staffing biotech pharmaceutical labs, you know, go figure. And, and I've been doing that now for 24 years. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, very science minded researcher, but kind of got, you know, left the lab, but I still over all this time, worked with scientists, PhDs, MDs, masters, biotech, pharma, clinical research, um, you know, across the board, doing that globally. Um, you know, and, and, and never, never once in my life previous to that had any idea I would end up doing anything like that. You know, and, and I kind of, I kind of use the ad. It's just kind of funny. I, I, I got, I'm one of those crazy people that actually got bored with molecular biology. And being in the lab, talking to my test tubes, test tubes and tissue culture cells all day. But working with people, working with scientists, working with these managers, these individuals looking for career opportunities, similar passions as mine you know, years ago. I've never been bored once in you know, 24 years. So long story short, that, 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 that's me. And, and a lot of little crazy stuff happening in between there. <laughs> <laughs> we may, I'm sure we may get into later. Well, before we go any further, I need to ask both Michael and Brian, does he meet your scientist qualifications? Well, he said he left the lab and he basically just hangs out with scientists. So he might as well just watch it. I mean, my kid likes to watch the Big Bang Theory. Does that make her, you know, a scientist? No, I don't. no, I'm, I'm just joking. You're, yeah, of course. You're. I, I, I'm going to have to blow you out of the water there because again, I, I trained under someone who trained under Nobel laureate, um, and actually, our, our lab, 
we collaborated with another guy down the hall who won a Nobel Prize along with two others, Oliver Smithies. And, um, you know, 24 years later, 23 years later, I'm doing when recruiting at Regeneron, who is using the science that Oliver Smithies won the freaking Nobel Prize of it, mm. using um, knockout gene technology. Uh, Regeneron was using that in transgenic mice. They were knocking in, knocking in genes, knocking out genes, using this concept that Oliver Smithies won the Nobel Prize on, who we collaborated with all of those years ago. You know, go figure how I would end up helping to support. You know, I, I hired uh, transgenic molecular biologists, for God's sake, you know, some of the foremost in the world uh, for them for that, that year I was doing contract recruiting for Regeneron. Um, yeah, it, it's just kind of crazy how you end up, you know, in, in life. Does that does that carry a little bit further? This oh crazy. no, I was I was just I was just giving you a hard time. I think I think it takes a lot to to go into um, the the sciences, and I mean, anytime you're thinking about things that are smaller, you know, molecular, you know, ideas, um, it's I I I don't think a lot of people are smarter than me, but I think a lot <laughs> of scientists I can't. Uh, I, I think it's mind-boggling to me to, to pe yeah. people that study uh, the sciences. I've had many opportunities to learn a lot of things in life, but I've also learned that there are some amazingly brilliant people out there. And Michael uh, Ronane, uh, what are your thoughts right now on his credentials? Well, I mean, you guys build up about 15 minutes of anticipation here. I kind of want to hear his story, and then I'll give you my thoughts on No, 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 no. I want to know first... Do you, are you, because this is, it's important for you to agree or not agree right now with his credentials. I, I'm not, I've never had a problem with people's credentials in the past. I don't know why you're thinking that I would have problems with people's credentials. Well, I'm covering the bases here. Cause... I don't look at like, I don't look at spirituality as like, oh, you, you got a science degree in college, therefore you don't believe in it. It's not one or the other. I can definitely see them as a com combination of both. So it doesn't surprise me. That's All what right. I'm saying. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of fans maybe say, you know, school just brainwashes you, so everything he has learned is null and void, but that would be some fans. <laughs> yeah. And hey, you know, I, uh, the things I know now, I'll actually, uh, I'll agree with that comment. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so why don't you take us to the point where um, you had the spiritual experience, and then we'll kind of backtrack a bit into how you can look back now and see some of the synchronicities and all of that. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, and I see the line. I mean, you know, you know, scientists this, scientists that. You know, I mean, the the, the big thing for me is, is that, you know, researcher, analytical, natured person. You know, I've kind of made the comment that most of my life, I've been like the agnostic researcher. You know, you know, never denying. You know, absolutely not atheistic. You know, more on the line of hoping, wanting, wishing that there's a spiritual aspect of God that comes in, helps, you know, the, the agnostic scientist, you know, never denying, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's really common with people that are in fields like that. I'm, I'm a designer, I'm a landscape architect by, by trade. And there's nobody, it, you know, when you, when you look at the design profession, it is rare. If you come across somebody that's spiritual or, or especially somebody that's Christian, I, I think it's 
pretty normal in professions like like ours um, where you have to go through a lot of, you know, s- schooling and, you know, there's more on the design or you have to deal with numbers that it's, there's no God. I think that's really normal. Well, and, and it, it goes to what was mentioned a while ago. From early on, we're trained and we're taught a certain way to not think down those lines. You know, and, and you know, some may say, some may not, that, that that's done by design so that you don't go down a spiritual path, that you don't find certain powers that you may have. Well, that's an interesting point. Well, Lisa and I would definitely say that that's by design. <laughs> <laughs> I read okay. somewhere recently, I can't remember, it might be in a book that I'm reading, that something like ninety over 90% of scientists are agnostic. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and again, what I know now, what's happened, I mean, it, it's absolutely by design. It, it's so clear now, the manipulation that is occurring to, you know, really pull the veil over people's eyes to not get themselves in a certain state where they can receive this, this spiritual energy, this knowledge, these, these ideas that, that you, you hear people talk about. Um, and, and that you know, it kind of goes into what happened to me. I, you know, a lot of things happened to where I was overcome with, I had to learn quantum mechanics. You know, why? Well, to understand energy, the flow of energy, you know, quantum entanglement, things like that. Um, as well as, as things that improve your health, um, you know, your energetic body, the health of your body, understanding energy. And I was overcome with all of those things. And, and I, you know, started fasting, intermittent fasting, changed my diet, you know, no more fast food whatsoever. You know, if I was forced, if, if I was in a situation to where I was starving and the only option was to go to, you know, a fast food restaurant, I would just fast, you know. Um, but there are a lot of things that I did that changed my body, my body's energetic state. Some folks would say vibration. And uh, in, in doing some of those things, I think that assisted what I feel was a pretty intense awakening. I, I haven't spoken to many that have had similar. I mean, again, it, it, it comes to people in different ways and different levels. You know, my experience is going to be different from everybody's, but I had a pretty intense experience. And I, I think it was because I was doing these things that affected my body's vibration, my body's state of energy that allowed it to happen. Whereas had I not done that, I might not have had as intense awakening or I might not have even had it, you know. Well, I think, I think that's why there's a lot of, in a lot of religions, fasting is a, is a part of it. It's a, it's a method. I mean, it's, it's an avenue to try to become closer to God or oneness or, or whatever. So it's, it's, it's interesting because you weren't doing that. You were just fasting to make your body healthier and you kind of backed into it. Yeah. You know, autophagy, you know, again, a Nobel prize was given out on the effects that fasting does. 
it's not just fasting itself, it's your body's state, it goes into autophagy, and that helps clear cellular debris, it helps increase efficiencies in the body. Again, it, it increases your energetic flow in your body, but, you know, and it gets back, you know, Jesus, you know, they, they talk about how he was an ascended master, he was part of the Essenes who were very well-known fasters, long, long, you know, multiple day fasts. And, you know, some say that that contributed to, to, you know, his state, you know, um, but again, that's another topic. Wow. Like uh, that's, that's really interesting to me because about 2014 is when I started in, I've been intermittent fasting since 2014. So <laughs> I don't eat anything or I, I try not to eat anything between the hours of like, say, um, 8 p.m. and 11 a.m. So <clears throat> they because they say the reason why I did it was so that I would increase my metabolism because uh, as you get older, the metabolism starts to slow down and weight starts to come on. And um, I just wanted to make sure that my energy levels, which now when I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. OK, I get how that would change your frequency and your energy. But I had never looked at it that way until you just said that right now. Yeah, you know, and, and actually that's, you know, intermittent fasting is is almost as good as true multiple day fasting because um, it, it, it allows you to get into a, a bit of an autophagy, not as deep. But, you know, it, it also affects the mitochondrial health. And a lot of people don't realize this, but um, your mitochondria power your body. You know, it's just very tied into an energetic system of your body. Fasting does wonders to improve mitochondrial health. Um, and, and, and the autophagy that we're talking about, you know, when you fast, it, it's, it allows the body that the, in a molecular cellular level to clean out those cells. So they function much more efficiently and in their functioning efficiently, it allows energy to flow through them. Oh my, okay, we really have to go into that after you talk about your spiritual experience because I have read a lot about how our consciousness and light that we create more affects directly our ATP molecules produced for um, through our mitochondria. So I'd love to get into that after, but I don't want to. I I really know that Michael's dying to hear your spiritual experience. So <laughs> yeah, and, and and let me layer in just one more part of that because this is important. I mean, anybody listening to this, you know, you can Google this, and there's a lot of information to it, and there's a lot you know that that will absolutely improve people's health significantly. But the other side of this fasting, intermittent fasting, is also improving the amounts of healthy fat that one eats. Oh bad fats, healthy fats, people don't even know the difference, but, um, you know, an idea of healthy fat would be genuine, pure virgin olive oil, flaxseed oil, avocado oil, real grass-fed butter, grass-fed cattle butter, coconut oil, you know, those are good fats. You know, your bad fats are all these poly and polysaturated fats like margarine, like corn oil, soybean oil, these vegetable oils, which are real high in omega-6 fatty acids, which is high inflammatory. The other fats, while they're good, is they're more omega-3, you know, fish oil, flaxseed oil, um, coconut oil, higher in omega-3, which is which improves inflammation. But, but the, 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 to finish this point, and we can move on, when you increase those healthy fats, it, it helps your body uh, 
your body's cell, your, your, your cellular membranes in your body function better, uh, which in turn allows these energies to flow through these cell walls, these cell matrices better. Because they say that these vegetable oils, you know, this GMO, you know, Roundup spray, corn oil, canola oil, clogs up your cellular membranes oh, yeah. uh, so that you don't have very good electron transport between your cells. It, mm -hmm. it screws up energy transport. Yeah, you know so, what? Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, so I used to study live blood cells under a dark field microscope when I was in my mid-20s, and I would see the health of the cell walls and studying basic science through university and like uh, high school, you, we, were all, we all learned that the cell walls are made out of fat. And so when the cell walls start to break down, the cells move from a round structure into a very like distorted structure. And now your nutrients, so if you're someone who's taking a lot of supplements, you're trying to eat healthier, if your cell walls are not in, for, in, in proper structure form, they can't receive the right nutrients, can't get through the cell wall, and the toxins that are inside your cells can't get out. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And and the, these little things that we're talking about, if, if one understands it and utilizes it, you will increase your body's efficiency and health tremendously. Your, improve, anything you do to improve your mitochondrial health is, is I mean unbelievably good for you um so and, and i'll leave it at that you know back to fasting for just a second i when i was 17 and on previous shows we've talked about how i had a little bit of an awakening back then but i went on a 10 i, I couldn't remember now if it's seven or 10 days let's just say seven but a seven day water fast for the purpose of you know trying to connect better spiritually and i try to do that at least you know once a year where i'll do like three days or so of just a water fast but i read the last time i i did the fast last year that i can't remember what the percentage is but they said if everyone just fasted for just like three days once a year it would dramatically decrease the number of um people <clears throat> who got diabetes or um, cardiovascular disease you know, I once I once did a five day Chipotle fast, <laughs> and it didn't. Yeah, don't ever don't don't try that. That's only for professionals. Uh, you know well, I, I I haven't been there, but I hear they have pretty good food. I mean, oh, they it's, have organic. It, it is well. It's it's not just that some of the food is organic, but it's all non GMO. Non -GMO. Right, um, right. And it's all small farm stuff. And, you know, technically it would be considered fast food. It's the only fast food that I eat. If Because I'm the same. I haven't eaten fast food in a long time. I hate that. You know what? what when you when I hear the word fast food, I think of, you know, the shitty burger places and stuff like that. And I wouldn't I won't touch that stuff. Yeah. Um, but Chipotle, I will. And there's it's nothing fast, but it's it is healthy. I mean, guys are killing me. Let's hear the story. <laughs> <laughs> well you know and, and here you go what, what happened to me um you know changed how i feel energy i mean something happened to me that allowed me to tap into energy much more freely um you know and, and 
talking about fasting and feeling better a while ago, you know, I've, I've already proven to myself that when I fast, more energy flows into me significantly. You know, I'll, after I, I had an event, uh, an overnight, from what I've read, I, it, it seems to align with what they call a Kundalini type awakening and energy, energetic system, uh, awakening. And, that attuned me to energy, not only, you know, being able to feel it, you know, about 30 days after this event, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably go into a little more detail later, but about 30 days after this event in meditation, I started feeling tingling, like, like static electricity, you know, in my arm, in my shoulder, in my ankle, you know, another month later, I'm feeling it all over. And like, were like, you, a, were you a meditator before, you know, it, it, it all started when I started improving my health, when I got oh. over, when I got overcome with having to understand quantum mechanics to open my mind up to maybe there's something is something to this spiritual thing after all, um, to doing everything that I could to improve my mitochondrial health to fasting, to, I bought an infrared sauna. Um, that was the best thing I've ever done. It, it started doing infrared sauna every day um, or every other day. Uh, got rid of fluoride in, in the in water. I got a reverse osmosis system. I live in the city. We have municipal water. Um, but, you know, th th this energy, what, what happened to me? And I, I'll just dive right in. Uh, I had multiple life events over decades build and build and build and I had an event when my dad was really sick he had been in the hospital he had a brain tumor he had that removed you know oh my gosh you know we weren't sure if he was going to be alive in 30 days uh, luckily he's still hanging on he's still with us but right. um, yeah it, but you know it, it was like all of that you know, difficult marriage issues, you know, decades of other things kind of came to a head. And it's, I had what I didn't know then, but I read later what they called dark night of the soul. I mean, I mean, for me, it wasn't like a dark. It was like the darkest night of the soul um, where I just hands and knees on the floor, midnight bawling, where I absolutely positively surrendered my entire existence to a higher power to, to, to my, you know, to, and, you know, 12 days later, uh, in the middle of the night, I'm awoken by this energy that is being breathed into me. And the only way I can describe it is I feel like it's just, I, I feel a pressure on my left hip bone. And then all of a sudden I have like this open mouth kiss that just the most, you know, imagine an experience that you've had kissing somebody in your experience, love. Imagine that times a thousand. And yeah. And, and not only was I feeling this, I was out of my body watching this <laughs> um there was like an apparition of like white energy it almost seemed like a face open mouth kiss and energy 
that not only that I feel my hip bone and enter into me, but I'm watching it flow into me from the side all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I can still close my eyes and energetically feel that, that love that, that flowed into me. And I, I try to remember it. I try to bring it back. I try to bring back that energetic state, you know, when I meditate. But how long ago was this? 20 months ago. It was August 14th, 2016. And see, it was eight months before that, that I got overcome with having to understand quantum mechanics, which, you know, I read a few thousand pages on it. It opened me up that, hey, there is something spiritual going on. Maybe this energy quantum, you know, entanglement. You know, I started, I changed my diet, fasting, intermittent fasting, sauna, um, all of this stuff. And then eight months later, this event happens 12 days after I surrendered. Absolutely, totally. Um, But that's not the only thing. You know, just as quick as that event, this energetic event happened, I'm astrally projected somewhere else. And (laughs) this is deep stuff. I, I, I haven't talked to many people that have experienced this, but... The only thing I can say is multidimensional experience. I'm in spirit. I'm in a cave. It's a dark cave. And there seems like there's there's candle lights and there's this dark brown robed entity. Deep, deep, deep meditation. Obi-Wan Kenobi? I, you know, this picture, the same robe. And I'm astrally kind of above and maybe 20 feet just clear as a bell, visually can see everything. I, I, I don't have anybody. I'm, I'm just there. And probably what seemed to be like five minutes of our time. Um, I, I like, holy cow, holy cow. I, what, and I, I finally said, I, I'm, I'm going to say something. I say three words. <laughs> Are you evil? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I can't That's what came out of my word, out of my mouth. And 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 I, I, I wonder if it's because it was a dark colored robe. If it was a white ro- colored robe, I don't. Is that you know your first thought? You know, and I is just it's feeling this energy from that point on at that moment before this intuitive energy has flowed into me. And again, looking back on this, it was. I was given, I was blessed, I've been told, given a divine gift that opened me up to a multidimensional experience that showed me something. And as I engaged this entity, I couldn't see its face because I was side view. As soon as I said those words, are you evil, his head started coming up very slowly. I mean, it's like real deep meditation, head bowed started coming up and as his head started slowly coming up, starting to face where I'm, where I am, astral. I, I see like a, a craggly nose and it, it, it's green, it's brown. And, and just as soon as I saw that nose, this entity turned into an energetic light ribbon and just disappeared the opposite direction. Hmm. And the room is completely is, is empty now. 
And so, and the next thing I know, I'm back in my body and I'm awake. And this is like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. And, and listen, the, the, the next morning when I finally got up and awoken, I mean, it was a beautiful day, but it's just my entire world changed. And, and, and the way I describe it, imagine being in a torrent, a, a hurricane for 40 years of your life, thunder, dark clouds, just, just misery here, there. I mean, yeah, I've had some great times, but all of this continuing, continuing, then all of a sudden, one day, you wake up, and it's clear, crystal clear, beautiful blue day. And from that day on, all of the burdens that I've had that were weighing me down all my life were gone. Not Listen, not 50% gone, not 70%, not eight, not 95% gone, 100% gone. And listen, before that day, well, before that year, you know, I, I really, again, agnostic, not spiritual, nothing, hadn't read a spiritual book or anything. I, I'd never even heard the term higher self. I think the week or two before I was making a joke about chakras. Uh, and now, now that is like, the one of the most important things in my life is inner, the energetic system of your body that taps you into spiritual energy. You know, so, but that's a lot, and, and I'll stop. <laughs> and, and, and just, you know, I, I'm curious about your thoughts, your questions. Maybe I could go into some more detail on what I've just thrown out there at you. Well, how did, did, did you start researching things? You know, you mentioned you didn't, you know, you didn't even know what your higher self was. And yeah, and, and I didn't even know that till, you know, maybe a month later. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like I had this was so profound that I had to figure out what happened. I, I never even heard the word dark, dark night of the soul. But in reading of this and, and you know, I, I, I read that there are instances of those who went through very strong torrent periods, dark night of the soul, and they had events like mine. Um, and again, it, it's like my soul finally reached a point that it couldn't take the, the sorrows, the burdens that I was shouldering after all of these years, and I was released from it, and now there's a whole new part of my life that I need to learn and contribute on this other side because so it's not a, it's very about me about me anymore it, 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 it's about others and 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 and, it, and i'll say this and let you ask that question it, it's the way i describe it it's it's about all of creation it's not me not my issues not my problems not this it's i am here in one way or another in support of all of creation so that's been 20 months, you know, now. So what's the very first thing you did after you had this experience and you had this awakening? What's the, I mean, did you go to Google and say, what the fuck? Or, uh, <laughs> absolutely. You know, it's like, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, WTF, you know. Um, but, you know, it, it took me a month just because, once that event happened, 
in this Kundalini awakening, this energy started flowing in my body. And I continued to meditate. I mean, I, I had been meditating up to an hour or two hours a day before then because I had gotten laid off from Regeneron. I mentioned earlier where I was doing that real high-end recruiting. Um, they had some cutbacks and, and hiring freeze across the board, which gave me time to study, read, to take care of my health, uh, meditate, and, and listen. Quantum, understanding quantum mechanics and energy you know, in my meditation, I started focusing. I mean, my my pineal was lighting up, and I was actually seeing energy in my pineal before this awakening. But after, once this energy was breathed into me, it was amplified. Um, to and you know, I talked about feeling static electricity. You know, like like little mini tens machines attached to my body, just started increasing like crazy. And, in, and when I fasted, that energy would flow significantly more. And, and some of you might listen to that. You know, it, 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 when you fast, well, you, get, you put your body in a better energetic state, that spiritual energy will flow through you. But, but getting back to how, what I did, it was like just, okay, something extremely profound happened to me. I have no idea what it was. This is energy. This is spirit. Spirit came to me and breathed energy into me and has changed me. Now I've got to figure out what the WTF. And, and that's where I just started Googling and started reading. And, you know, I, I keyed in on some things early on, but I, I started reading and learning about things that I didn't even know existed, that I never even thought about, um, you know, and, and, it, it, I think the term the veil, you know, I, it, it, we come into this life veiled so we can't see this. And, and it's, there's a reason for it. And it's because it's meant to be that way so that we suffer our sufferings. We have our joys. We learn our lessons. If, we, if everybody came into this world with their veil open like mine had been opened, we wouldn't suffer. We wouldn't learn anything. Um, but again, that, that gets into a lot of other philosophical discussions about this. Yeah, that's really so interesting. What, Hold on a second, Brian. Um, Michael, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are since you've been waiting for this reveal. <clears throat> well, you have a lot of similarities in a lot of what a lot of other people go through when they're in their awakening. So that's kind of interesting. You know, that's what catches my ear at the beginning. Um, I too, like, it, without without the reasons of spirituality, like started watching my diet and cleaning it up and, and just been dabbling like lately, like last three months with the intermittent fasting. So it's mm. kind of weird how, but I'm not doing it for any kind of like hippie spiritual stuff that we talk about on the show. I'm just doing it in front of my own health. However, it kind of like goes a lot line with what you're saying and what a lot of past guests saying. So I'm like, that's what's very interesting to me is like, okay, maybe this is kind of some weird coincidence or maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and what it did for me, it clearly demonstrated that the more healthy state your body is in, the more the spiritual energy can flow into you. And what I've learned is that most of the population, their health is suffering so badly because of the industrialized crap they're being fed that it insulates them from the spiritual energy flowing into them. Michael, can and I ask you one question, though? Yeah. 
Um, do you approach the spirituality in it from like kind of like a scientific type background where you're trying to test theories out, or do you just like pretty much go on the internet, read other people's stuff, and, and full on believe it right away? Yeah, you know, that's where the intuition comes, and the women will agree with me. The there's a lot of stuff out there. I've made this comment that there are people that are decades ahead of us spiritually, and you know it. There are also those out there that they're full of shit, you know, and they're making stuff up. You know, exactly. I, I, you know, and and but it 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 all has to do with the flows of this energy, the ability of it to flow into your physical system or not, and you know they talk about does it resonate with you. You know, it, and it's 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 energy, you know, and if your body is in that energetic state and it flows into you, it will increase your intuition. You will just know things. Um, and they talk about you, you hear this, you hear that, you resonate with it, you don't resonate with it. I, that's how I kind of describe this now, this energy, this intuition you just, you feel it. You can't put it into words. You feel it. You know, they talk about for us analytical scientists, you know, you get out of your head, get out of your brain, get in your heart, head to heart, head to heart. And, and that's what I've learned is that this energy center that's in your heart chakra is what taps you into spirit. It's not, you're not going to analytically think your way to spirit. You have to feel your way with emotion and imagination through the heart energy center. Um, and I, I mean, I look, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm like a kindergartner. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody that went from zero to fair, you know, very spiritual in 20 months. I, 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 I kind of describe myself as a kindergartner that was given the keys to the universe. And I've been trying to figure out how to use those keys. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm. <laughs> you 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 talked about earlier about the energy, ATP molecules, and mitochondria, and I'm so fascinated by that because I've read um I've read that written by um, Lisa Renee, who I feel is one of the um, forerunners in everything that's kind of going on in the spiritual community. Like she's really tapped into stuff that you know, is very advanced. Um, and so she talks about how, you know, our, when we allow this energy, light energy to come in more and we expand our own energy, our own light force, that we're allowing our mitochondria and ATP molecules to absorb this and function at a much more efficient rate. Can you like go into your perception and how you, from your scientific background and also merging what you've experienced spiritually. Can you talk about that more? Well, you know, I, I, what I can say, there's a book written um, where they talk about cancer uh, being more of a mitochondrial disease. And, and, and much of the disease we endure in life is because of damage and harm to our mitochondria. You know, what I've learned in my reading is there's a, a lot of pharmaceuticals which are meant to mask 
disease, you know, cure the symptoms of disease. They may improve health, but they harm <laughs> the mitochondria. And, and which the damage to the mitochondria more than likely is probably what caused the disease. But I, I would have to go back and really dig into some of the texts again to be able to just talk about it. Um, I've read a lot about it. It, it, it. It's not as fresh in my mind. It can get very, very technical. Um, but to, so what was the second part of that question about the spiritual part? Well, from what I understand is that our consciousness is embedded in every cell in our body. And so the healthier, like, and this speaks to exactly what you were talking about with intermittent fasting, that the healthier we become, the more, um, the more able our body and mind, when they're united, can tap into that consciousness. When we say like our body's trying to speak to us, our cells are trying to speak to us, it's because that consciousness is embedded in every cell. And so when you're working with the mitochondria, like that's our energy center, that's our powerhouse, that's where all our energy comes from. And so energy is, you know, a form of light. So the more light that you produce. And when we say light, light is equivalent to love. So when you start moving into these higher frequencies, that you're bringing more light into your body and you're supporting that mitochondrial system to um, expand its function. Right. Right. You know, and and I'll I'll back it up just one second. You you mentioned Lisa Renee. Um, I'll, I'll absolutely second what you said. All of my, I mean, I'm a researcher, all of my work, I keyed in on a lot of things she's been writing about, and I, I just was working to sign up as a member on her site this past week, actually, believe it or not. Um, but uh, I think you could take this discussion even to a much, much, much more minute level, to the quantum level, and think about it in terms of matter is light matter is energy our bodies our cells are matter our bodies and cells are manifested from consciousness from light energy um let me see it's kind of difficult but anything that you do that affects the energy the transmission of the light which manifests your cells, manifests the materials that make you up, that's where you're going to have some disease. Is, is you, you're interfering with the energetics, of the, the, the bioenergetics of the body. You know, it's not, some, not that you need a chemical to fix it or this or that. It's, you know, focus on the fact that your body has been manifested from coalescence of the vibration of energy and light <laughs> you know you, 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 if, you, you, if you knock on a, a wooden desk it's solid well yeah to us but if you take a, a, a micron uh, a, a, a microscope at the molecular level you could peer peer right straight through it you know the only reason it's solid is because somehow or another this energy, this vibration of light has come together in a certain vibration that has formed certain lattices and created that structure. Same thing with your body. 
So if, if you play around, if, if you do something to harm the function of this transfer of this energy, say through eating the crap that they feed you in fast food restaurants that are clogging up cells so that they don't, uh, you know, the energy doesn't transfer as readily, then yeah, you, you're going to create disease because you're interfering with the flow of energy, the energetic state. But that, that, that's getting down to a quantum level of, you know, matter is really just a state of vibration that has come together that forms that matter. And would it be of light? Would it be that because we see like a desk as hard and solid and we just don't see it as light, we see it as the desk that is before us, that it's because of the visible light spectrum that our eyes can perceive, which is the 400 to 700, um, is not able. So when you have that microscope that is able to see through it, it's because it goes beyond that light spectrum. Yeah, yeah, I... I... Yeah, it, it, it's difficult to put it into words, but the, the, this this energy that's kind of flowed into me, it, it it helps me see, feel, understand it, feel it more than I can put it into words. Um, it, it, it everything has gotten it as you know from the the macro level of just test tubes and, and cells. I'm now looking at things from an energetic stand you know point of view the quantum vibration state that creates everything you know they talk about the matrix and this and that and you know uh, consciousness consciousness is what manifests the body um i don't know this might be getting a little too deep (laughs) never never too deep (laughs) lisa and i love it and, and again, I, I, I'm only just now starting to understand some of this stuff that's coming to me. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm only 20 months into this. Well, you know, I, you, you mentioned, you know, okay, when you had your spiritual experience and you saw this entity in the cave and you asked, are you evil? And then it disappears and so does all of your, um, your suffering. So can you talk about what your ideas are around your suffering that you had prior to this experience and how it may relate to this entity? You know, it's, it's difficult because what I'm learning is as we incarnate into our various lives, there are certain contracts. I mean, for all I know, this entity could have been contracted, benevolent to uh, project certain energies into me to cause me issues or purposely allowing me opportunities to suffer or it could have just as easily been you know malevolently generated to prevent me from doing something in life that i might have done had i not been adversely uh, influenced but bottom line is that entity that I was shown in that awakening, divine energy was breathed into me, allowed me to astrally project multidimensionally somewhere. And when I was shown that, my knowledge of that gave me the power to banish it. Um, whether it left on its own, I did so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't know uh, if... It could have been, it could have been 
purposely contracted to influence me so that I learned. I, you know, I don't have all the answers there, but it's, it's, it doesn't matter because I suffered, I learned, I was given this gift to see that now it's time to get on about my life with all these other puzzle pieces that I can now see to possibly help others understand things um, that may help them. I think that's a really cool way of looking at it, you know, because often you can fall into this victim mode of saying, like, why am I being attacked? Or, like, what did I do to deserve this? And you're offering perceptions that are having a completely different perspective in that it was meant to uh, create a very deep learning experience for you and allow you to have that experience so that you could... grow and learn and come out to be a more evolved being. And I think that's a very empowering way to look at it. Yeah, no doubt. I I would not be the person I am right now had I not endured the things that I endured much of my life. I mean, it was a, you know, I mean, I've lived a good life, but I've also had many opportunities to suffer and in that suffering, I, I used it to dig deeper into philosophy. I used it to dig deeper into those who had great adversity, who learned. You know, that it reminds me of, of a book that I read, probably one of the best ones that ever helped me was by Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. You know, an Austrian physicist, uh, an Austrian psychologist, psychiatrist that went through the Holocaust. He made it, but most of his family were killed in the concentration camps. But he went on, got his MD, and he wrote a book on. It's an amazing book. I've read it. Horrendous suffering. Yeah, I mean, and, and it has full of philosophy, and you know, and and the things that happened to me caused me to dig deep, and in digging deep and learning and reading books like that and following the trail, it, I'm, I am not the person, you know, I am, I, I would not be who I am. And I'm not the there's always someone that suffers more than you. <laughs> you know, when you, I mean, I've had similar experience in my life where I feel like I've looked at the positive side of my experiences of, you know, you may see as adversities or whatever, but, you know, we came to this life to experience. So if we just choose not to judge what our experience is or judge it against other people's experiences, unless it helps you, like when you're really down and you think, wow, there's a lot of people that have a lot worse than I do. I find that just, that can help you sometimes um, when you're feeling, woe is me. Mm-hmm. But just looking at the positive side of it, like, I'm, you know, life is more than just pleasures of the ego and it's not a fairy tale. And, and I think everything we've been taught about what life is supposed to be is wrong. You know, maybe it's none of what we're told that it's supposed to be. And it truly is just about experiencing. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and this comes to mind, is, you know, how do you feed the insatiable thirst for knowledge within an infinite universe, but through an infinite variety of lessons? And that's what we're, what we're here to go through. That's well said. That definitely puts things into a perspective of understanding why we're here. 
you know, they say Earth is the school of hard knocks. Um, and that, you know, if you're here, you've chosen to take on some very hard lessons um, that will, the, the purpose is to, to grow and understand and have a deeper uh, level of understanding uh, and compassion for what many might be going through. So um, I think that's a great way of looking at it. What would you say for our skeptics or anyone who's in, who's in the audience who's a skeptic and is more science-based, what advice would you give considering your experience and your background to assist them uh, in understanding what might be going on that they may be closing themselves off to? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I'll say is if something like this could happen to me, it can happen to anybody. Um, but what I will say is you, you've got to get your body in the right energetic state. They talk about vibration. You know, I, I heard that for decades, you know, all oh, the vibration. And I kind of laugh like, oh, what the hell was that thing? Yeah. But it's true. The, 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 the body, you know, you, you have emotional states of body, you know, shame, fear, anger, all the way up to love and compassion. You know, you want your body's energetic state in that state of love, compassion, caring. When you get your body into that state, that's where the masterpieces occur. That's where the spiritual energy can flow. You're shielded from it when your state is in that opposite vibration of, of anger and fear and shame. Um, you know, I, and that's what I've learned about all this and energy is the more healthy you are at a cellular level, um, the more truly serene, peaceful and loving that you are, which meditation helps. Um, the better your body's energetic state, and that will enhance miracles. <laughs> That's all I can say, because I'm, I'm a walking miracle uh, with what happened to me. I mean, I really am. Uh, and I, well, I, I know there are people who have had some awakenings that aren't necessarily in that state either. So, you know, sometimes I think it's just, you know, when, when it's time for you to wake up, it's time for you to wake up. Yeah, and, 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 and that's what I've learned. I mean, again, everybody's unique, and, and it comes to everybody differently because of their own uniqueness. Uh, and it just, and, and at different levels. Um, I'm sure there are going to be some who've had even more intense experiences than I. Uh, there are some who may have gone through. You know, what just happened? That Something was kind of significant there, but they don't really embrace it and they lose it. You know, and, and that's that's another thing, you know, that, that being pulled into recruiting all these years is helping people with their, their potential, helping them do the things that they love to do um, to... Do the things that they love to do 
put themselves in that energetic body, uh, energetic state of body that improves one's health and possibly improves, you know, this, this spiritual energy that is waiting to come into them. You know, they have to surrender to it. They have to ask for it. Um, there are ways to help it along <laughs> and there are certainly ways to prevent it. You know, most of the people walking around today are doing things that prevent it from happening to the way I see things now. And you, you know, it may be by design. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's no <laughs> which is another topic. <laughs> yeah. It's no secret that I totally hold the uh, belief uh, that we are living in a world that is designed to keep us dumbed down spirituality, completely keep us separated from that, from that which created us, from that which we come from, and believe that everything is outside of us. Um, and so, Brian, how do you feel? Like, I mean, because you're kind of going on a health journey with your body right now. Like kind of like, I mean, I'm not saying that whatever outcome is going to be is going to be similar to Michael's, but, you know, he wasn't anticipating any of this while he, when he made the choices that he did. And you certainly aren't doing it for those reasons either, but you're taking this journey of cleaning out the body and, and all of that. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I'm not, I'm not taking it as, as far as he did by, by fasting, um, I've lived a healthy lifestyle for a long time. I think I'm getting, you know, maybe getting a little bit more healthy, but I don't know. I don't, I, I don't have any interest to awaken. I mean, keep in mind, I have achieved high levels of inner peace and nirvana in so many past lifetimes that I don't need to find that now. I'm I'm here looking for the dumbed down version. Yeah, you you have more lessons that there there are more lessons ahead of you uh, that are only unique to you that you still need to experience. You know, it's interesting. The one thing I'll have to say I've learned from doing these podcasts is that. I mean, when you go into Akashic, people's Akashic records and, you know, past lives and all this, that the things that that we've done would blow our minds, you know, and, and Brian had his Akashic records read and, and and he was told that he was a very spiritual person, uh, a monk for numerous lifetimes or whatever, and that he came into this lifetime to experience just being this secular man and and wanting to know what it was like to, you know, raise a family, have to support a family financially, all those experiences that he had never experienced in these previous lifetimes. So as for now, he's completely not interested in, and, in waking. And it's like, it's, he's married to someone who is, and he does this podcast and he's around it and he hears it all the time, but it's just not something he's interested in at all. And maybe there will be a time that comes one day where he'll feel like he got bumped on the head and he'll, you know, have this awakening or maybe he won't. But it's amazing to me that, I mean, here we are, the five of us living such, you know, you know, varied lives, but similar. We, you know, we all live in America and 
but what what had we done you know previously and and did we reach enlightenment at some point in those other lives and, and how many other people that you guys are saying oh guys people just need to awaken how many other people out there are like me potentially if you believe that that are here to experience disconnection not I mean, and, and, and there's absolute truth to all of that. And, and again, we're all, you know, I, I've always used this analogy, even in recruiting, that, that everybody that I've met, everybody in existence, they're on the path. They're just, the path is infinitely long and infinitely wide. And, you know, we're all here to experience our own unique experiences. And, you know, being whatever energetic body you state that you're in you know you you have a choice and that choice is to learn the lessons that you're here to learn to or not you know or 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 not learn lessons you know that i think understanding that though does help you you know just be less judgmental against other people and where they are in their lives and and, you know, I've heard that people come into lives, sometimes maybe very enlightened old souls come into lives of of people who have these family bloodlines that are completely messed up. And they've come in to maybe help clean up these bloodlines and someday bring, you know, enlightenment or whatever to this bloodline. So you just you never know, you know, you meet somebody and you think that they don't know what the heck's going on and. And maybe they really do, you know. And maybe it's one big party for our higher selves. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, I mean, are, 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 we, are we saying, are we assuming that all higher selves are on the same page? They're, you know, is there, is there discord amongst, amongst them in terms of, well, you're, you chose the wrong path or, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it all gets back again. You know, how do you feed the insatiable thirst for knowledge within an infinite system? And you do it in an infinite number of ways. Um, That's know, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's deep. It's very comforting, though. You know, I feel like when you look at things in those way, in that way, and for me and for for you who's you know had difficulties in their life like it you know things haven't always been easy and you feel like you've been up against adversity and challenges for most of your life that you know when you just sit back and you look at it as you know we're just here to experience this it doesn't even matter it it makes it so much easier to just let the past go it was just an experience it doesn't define me or who i am or where I'm going, and you know, mm-hmm. the most important thing is to enjoy now and today, and find your happiness. And I think I think too many people on all sides of the conversation get caught up in their side of the conversation, and then, and I would hope you would agree with what I'm about to say. There's somebody like me that I just I'm just living my life. And I'm concerned with my life and I'm, and I don't care about what other people are doing. And I'm relatively disconnected from the rest of humanity. And I don't think that's a bad thing. 
You know, I know you talked about earlier, Michael, about, you know, it's not about you and that it's, you know, it's about everybody else. But I, I don't see the need for that. I, I, if, if we live our life to the fullest, more than likely we're going to impact other people's lives in a positive manner. And I think it's when people think too much outside of themselves about other people that negative things happen. You know, people try to then force their mindset on people or, you know, any, any number of things can happen when you look at what somebody else is doing and don't agree with it. Yeah. That, you know, that's something that completely changed too on how I see things, you know, the, the media, how they polarize people and they get people bickering back and forth across this chasm, you know, um, gosh, um, that, that's another discussion there too. (laughs) And, and, And what, what I've learned is just let it be, you know, all of those things that used to bother me, used to polarize me about what others did. I just released it. You know, the Beatles had a concept, let it be. And because they're all out there learning their own unique lessons, let them learn their, you know, let them learn their unique lessons as long as they're not harming me. Um, But when I, when I listen to what you just said and what I just said, and you're here saying you've been awakened and everyone is telling me I'm not awakened. I don't, I don't see a difference. Well, you are, but I don't see a difference between it's knowledge. I don't have, need to be awakened to live you have more than rich life. Yeah, and I'll describe that for you um, because I've experienced it. You have the knowledge. You have spoken with those who have gone through it. You've gained the knowledge from these areas. I wasn't even exposed to any of that, but the difference is not not that, you know, having the knowledge doesn't quite complete the circuit. It's, it's this, this energy that I can't describe. That's what makes the difference. And that's the thing I can't put into words. You know, the, this conversation is actually really interesting right now that it's coming up because I'm currently writing my second book and where I'm writing about right now is during a time frame in my life where Brian, like what Brian's talking about right now, where I started to question my motivations for how I was living my life and the work that I was choosing. And my biggest question was, you know, when I had to get really honest about my work because my work really stemmed from a very nurturing place where I was a massage therapist. I was helping heal people's pain. I had people opening up to me on the table about their deepest pains, um, asking for advice. And at the end of the day, you know, I would feel good about what I was doing. But to be if I got really honest with myself, my motivations were really like I looked at my clients as, as much as I loved work, helping them and all that, really at the end of the day, my, my motivations were financial. And I, I, I reached a point in around 2014 where I started to question like my ego-based motivations. And I started to question like, why do I not come from a place of serving others? Why am I still serving self? 
and why am I not concerned with the the idea of of serving others like that's not where my motivations are coming from and I was also at a point in my life where I was starting to feel very empty on the inside I didn't really know what my purpose was here Um, and it the more I started to go into that conversation with myself and really start to get honest is through a lot of gratitude work through a lot of meditation and I started to pay attention to the inner dialogue in my head and when I started to see how like little I thought of myself how low my actual self-worth was I could see how I would not be thinking of others because I couldn't even think of myself and so when you start to shift your energy and you really start to build upon that inner foundation where you start to really do things that are going to build your self-honor, your self-worth and your self-love, your whole idea of the world and your place in it and your work starts to shift more into service to others because you know you are not disconnected. And right now, Brian, you're meant to be disconnected. You're not meant to really think of others in the way that Perhaps, you know, someone who's going through a spiritual awakening does. So it's it's not that one's right or wrong or bad or good. It's just that's where you're meant to be right now. And that's how it's supposed to serve your life lessons. But when you do have this awakening and you start to feel this love that you've never felt before and you can't describe it because society has no idea how to describe it, it completely shifts how you want to how you want to live your life and how you want your work and your legacy to be left in this world. Yeah, yeah. I I absolutely agree with everything Nicole just said. I mean, it for me, you know, the it, before this event, everything was was cerebral. It was analytical. It was thinking. You you cannot think your way to spirit. It doesn't happen that way. Spirit comes through emotion, emotional energy, emotional vibration. And I you know again I I don't know much about the chakra system. I'm still learning all this stuff. But you know it, it's heart centered energy emotion. That's where spirit comes through to you. And until you make that bridge, you won't understand it. You have no idea of it. Um, I did completely, you know. And it, <laughs> I, you know, and, you know. One thing that I that Brian has taught me that I've learned from just you know living with him and being married to him, and the fact that he doesn't see a lot of the things that Nicole and I see, and these things that we talk about that like you guys are talking about now when you awaken, but he does have this deeper understanding of these same things already. I mean, clearly we come into this, you know, we have numerous lives and we come to learn lessons and I I can tell that there's already lessons and I'm, I'm sure Nicole agrees that he has already learned that he just naturally already is there in some way right when i just heard you describing you know talking about about me nicole it sounded like oh when i have my awakening i want to do do more good or do better or help help people and and i was when i was hearing you say that i was i was saying to myself but i already do that i mean one of one of the things that drives me is to help other people and i i don't I, I, I just, the idea of an awakening is very 
interesting. I just don't think it applies to me in the way that we're talking about. Okay, but you just said prior to that that you don't care. That you're I just, don't care. Yeah, so, okay, you are saying two different things at the same time that don't... No, I don't, no. Think, they're, I don't think they're two different things. I don't, I don't care. He what, just means he didn't... What I heard was he's not comparing his life to others, that he's not focused on other people's lives and the negativity of them and all or, that or stuff what they he does, believe in, what but, they believe in or what they don't believe in. He d- kind of disconnects himself from that and he just lives his own life. He didn't mean that he didn't care about other people. Yeah, but I don't really care about other people. Okay, maybe. But, <laughs> but, hang on, let me qualify that. In, in not a douchey way. <laughs> um, like, like I said, I really feel that okay, I, I, what I want to do Help! I want to help other people. No, I understand, I but this okay. Not other people. But this is what I'm saying. I was in the same position. Like as a massage therapist, I love that I was able to help other people. You know, I, you can't go into massage therapy and not want to be like at some part, some deeper level of you want to be assisting others in the, through their pain. It's right. You're not going into it for the money. You know, like and so, but there was this other part of me that was really disconnected from that whole idea of service to others and I all I can say is is that when you finally feel this overwhelming self-worth and self-honor and self-love within that it just shifts everything and how you perceive everything that you're perceiving now and I'm not saying that it's wrong what you're doing right now by any means I believe it is completely 100% right for you and where you you are right now and how in whatever lessons that your soul has chosen for this lifetime but it's you just can't understand it until you're feeling that and self-love oh i love me some brian (laughs) well you love you you have an ego-based love of brian And you know oh that Brian... you told a story, and I and I remember commenting. Brian sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it was something about you have a you you have a car that you drive around. I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. He sounds like an awesome guy to know. You know what though, Brian? You and I have been doing yoga together, and you've made a comment once or twice that you know you've realized that like when you look at yourself in the mirror, do you really love yourself? No. Exactly. And so there's this ego part of us that's like, yeah, I'm the shit. I used to think that way when I was in my 20s, before I started to have my bring my really deep spiritual awakening at 31, that I believed I was like pretty awesome. And I truly believed it. And it wasn't until I started to be faced in a situation where I started to have to face my incapabilities and the things I wasn't proud of that were starting to be exposed publicly that I had to get really honest with what my self-worth actually was, not what my ego wanted me to believe. I don't have any of those things. So I guess, you know, incapabilities or whatever you said, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a brat. Straight from Brian's ego. <laughs> Bam. Bam. Get you some of that. <laughs> so. He's hard to live with. Don't worry. I appreciate it a little bit of asshole every now and then from Brian. So. <laughs> and I bring a lot of it. 
He mostly just tries to get a laugh out of people. Yeah, we realized that the other night. Why do we use humor what, when we're when we're like in situations that we're not comfortable facing? But... Probably because we're insecure. <laughs> well, um, Michael, this has been like a great show. I've really appreciated you coming on and sharing your experience with us and your just perspective from a scientist who like had an agnostic kind of point of view to where you are now. I think that's really um, very cool. I would, I would love to, to see you study it more, you know, from a scientist scientific point of view. I remember back when I, back when I actually liked Jesus. Um, and I was very much involved in the church and my best friend, his, his wife, uh, is a rocket scientist and she struggled with, you know, again, being a Christian in an environment where you don't find a lot of Christians was hard for her. And I don't remember who the person's name is. Maybe I'll do some research and we can put it in the show notes when the show comes out. But there was, I remember there was a, a scientist, like husband and wife couple that were scientists and they used science to prove the existence of, of, of God. And I thought that was, you know, an interesting thing for them to do. So I, I would love to see you. I think it makes prove things perfect sense that scientists don't believe in God, at least the definition of God that we've been given, because it really doesn't make any sense. So there's that. Okay, I, I, I Michael, <laughs> have you? Did you? Yeah, did you pick up on that? How he wants you to study things from the scientific yeah. point of view. Like, I don't think he yeah. heard what you said earlier in the show. Yeah, I, I have. I think we talked about it because our Michael asked, you know, the this, the question that I was thinking, and I'm sure any. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the only reason that I would want to do that is so that I could more eloquently describe what I'm now able to feel. Um, it it's difficult to put into words, you know, when when you go through those experiences, it changes your entire being it, it, you feel energy flow through your body um, but you but you said this is not about you this is about everybody else so you want everybody to experience what you've experienced no no if you can put science all. behind it mm -hmm. and show people yeah. that this is what it is people are going to say wow okay great i'm on board it's yeah. you're you're up against thousands of years of religion and teaching and education in terms of where we are and who we are as a society and multiple cultures around the globe, who we are today. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take, it's going to take something on a piece of paper. And I, and you know, I, I know Nicole, you, you always laugh when I say prove it, but that's what it's going to take to make a shift. In well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little tidbit. You know, there is information out there if you know where to look and you know how to piece it together. I'll, I'll give you two pieces of a puzzle. It's probably or, on YouTube. Two or three pieces of a puzzle. And we, we talk about vibration. We talk about matter. Everything is right. energy, light. If we've now been able to physically image a quantum view of a photon of light. Right, right. Okay. And, and, and if you look at that view, you, you, can do some, you can do some searching. It looks like the Maltese cross. 
And there are ancient multi-thousand BC photos carved into rock where they have this king wearing an emblem around his neck that looks like a Maltese cross. Okay. You know, you, you, if you, if you hear the, what was that, you know, in this sign, you will conquer, you know, uh, that's talking about that cross. But the, the Maltese the same, cross is very geometric and. Right. But, but that, what it is, if, if you try to piece this together and you really dig deep, again, I, I'm kind of inferring some things from what, from my research scientifically is they had this knowledge thousands and thousands of years ago, again, in an infinite reality, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. that the f- light is everything. Okay, you know, God, what, what, what was it? In the beginning, God created light, you know, it was vibration. That, that image of a photon is what I think where the Maltese cross image and multiple images of the cross came from, from, from my digging into research, but that's just my opinion. Uh, but that, that's an example of using research to draw some possible significance to, Hey, these folks way back in these BC times, maybe from other planets, other worlds who had knowledge even beyond us do the power of light, vibration resonance or it was just some guys that drew a couple (laughs) of straight lines (laughs) yeah or or you could go you know and then you could tie in the work of tesla and other things but you know there there is information out there um and because i've I've been stumbling across in my researching which has been going in a thousand different tangents almost to the point to where i've exhausted so I had a conversation with Nicole about this earlier, 20 months of just constant study down every path that I could to try to understand things has taken its toll to where I'm, I'm, I'm at a point to where I've got to just, I've got to unplug and rest because I've almost overloaded my system trying to understand all of the stuff that happened to me. Well, that's like with anything, you know, when you're in school and you've been studying for years trying to get your degree or you likely need a vacation at some point. So <laughs> that makes total sense. No doubt. Yeah. It's time to unwind and go back to 3D <laughs> for a little bit. Um, well, you know, and, and like you said earlier, you cannot logically think your way to spirit. So um, that's also something to keep in mind when you're going through this but yep. um, head to heart head to heart yeah head to heart yeah so um thanks so much michael for joining the show this is a great show and um very very um enlightening and um just very cool to hear your experiences so thanks for sharing with us i appreciate you having me yeah. I, I enjoy it thank you and to thank all, you and to all of our audience um uh, don't forget that we are going to be on the Waves of Light uh, cruise, a conscious conference at sea. It's leaving out of Tampa January 17th to the 21st of 2019. And 
If you get your tickets before May 13th, you've guaranteed your spot at the very low price that we've been able to lock in. And it's going to be a great experience, five days with a stop in Cozumel and great speakers, great workshops, a lot of energy work, a lot of support, especially within the community. And uh, of course, we'll be doing a podcast, uh, hopefully off the pool deck with drinks in hand. So we hope that you're going to be there to join us. I'll leave a description. And I'll be signing autographs. (laughs) Yeah, this is the skeptic. (laughs) What an autograph to have. So... I'm going to leave a link to the website uh, if you want to learn more information on how to get your ticket um, in, the sh- in the show notes. And, Michael, thanks again for joining us. We'd love to have you back on sometime soon. And uh, I know you and I will stay in touch. And um, it's been a great show. Awesome. Thanks. I just pictured Brian bringing a bunch of headshots. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. <laughs> The skeptic with the big head. You know, just be his yes. really big head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll try and draw a heart around it. Oh, boy. Okay, well, thanks, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Stuff happened to me for a reason, and I'm finally at a point where I'm learning enough, understanding enough that somehow or another that reason is meant to somehow help others. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it, I don't know it, I feel it. You know, you feel it in your bones. You know? It's not going to hold up in science, Michael. It's not going to hold yeah. up in science. Yeah, well, but listen, and, and I, I just hinted to some more research there specifically for you, is, is that your bones are crystalline matrixed, just as the cytoskeletal proteins in your cells that all reach out and adhere to each other they're crystalline they are conductors of energy okay your bones conduct and store energy memories just like a silicon chip in your computer does that's where the term feel it in your bones come from oh really yep oh and a lot of your very deepest memories are in your bone. Huh. <laughs> I heard that when um, from a chiropractor. My son um, had had like a motorcycle accident, and he'd just been feeling really, really uncomfortable for several years. And finally, he went to a chiropractor, and when he was adjusted, he just busted into tears, like just this total release. And the chiropractor told us, "Yeah, because your cells and your bones." remember things so as he he said as he works on people he's releasing memories yeah yeah absolutely no doubt you know there's a book that i read across my travels it's um by dr greg cousins uh something spiritual nutrition um and something about awakening the kundalini or whatever it's long term but greg cousins um which is for sure um, and it goes into that, talks about the storage, your, your, your body really is crystalline to an extent, your DNA is crystalline structure, the, the cytoskeletal matrix, which I studied at UNC, is crystalline, it all conducts energy, energy is light, light is energy, um, it, it, there is a tremendous amount of science out there that is hidden and all of the spiritual, uh, all of the spiritual knowledge is hidden in the inner, in its knowledge, and a lot of it's by design. 
again, to, to dumb us down. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And, and, and there is information out there if you dig and you can piece it together. I, I, you'll be surprised because I was. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's scientific evidence out there that is not readily available to us for very specific reasons as to what you just yeah. explained. So, Yeah, and, and, and I, that, that, that author, Gabe, I think it's Gabriel Cousins. I'm not sure if I said Gabriel or Greg. I think it's Gabriel Cousins. But that is, it talks about nutrition allowing you to improve your energetic state of being to allow the kundalini energy, all of this energy that I'm talking about, that I was awakened to. Oh, cool. Uh, and and it, it, it goes into specific knowledge of how to improve that. I mean, it, it's a difficult test. I mean, I'm a molecular biologist. It was difficult for me, some of it but also extremely enlightening and a lot of other tremendous amount of knowledge and nutrition. Uh, I'll, on, um, I'll leave spiritual. that in the show notes then. Cause I, I, I think I want to read it. So yeah, you, I absolutely recommend it. Let me, I'm, I'm looking it up on uh, Kindle right now. I got the Kindle version. Let's see. Close book. Uh, yeah. Spiritual nutrition, six foundations for spiritual life. And the awakening of the Kundalini, I believe, and it is Gabriel Cousins. Okay, cool. I'm gonna put that in. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna buy that. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, and and what what I learned from reading that book, you know, talking about nutrition, getting nutrition in, into your body, um, fasting. When 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 you eat a live, predominantly live diet. You know, live vegetables, live fruits. Um, you can get by with less food because you get more nutrition nutrients into your cellular membranes. How does that happen? It happens through enzymes. There are enzymes in the live foods, in the the spinach, the lettuce, the tomatoes, the you know all of the live vegetables and fruits that you eat, these enzymes catalyze reactions, okay? They catalyze reactions that funnel these nutrients into your cellular systems significantly more efficiently than if you didn't have those enzymes. Um, and that's what's wrong with most of the population is everybody's eating cooked dead food. Everything's cooked. All of, most of the enzymes have been killed. So you have people overeating, yet they're nutritionally deficient. They're popping vitamins by the handful, but they're not getting the enzymes to help that nutrients, those, those minerals and vitamins, get into the cellular transport system because they're lacking the enzymes to catalyze those reactions. I mean, and, and, and I had, I, you know, I, I kind of knew that, but I had to read his book to understand it. I mean, and I have a couple of degrees in this, you know, and a lot of nutrition and they didn't teach us that, <laughs> you know, funny about um, that, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, you know what? It's true. I've, I've noticed that since going vegetarian um, and being forced to just, I generally just eat more raw foods because um, I don't cook meats. Um, that I don't need to eat as much. I'm not no. as hungry. So, um, 
And that's just because you're getting more light force into your body through the food. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and good fats, you know, if you don't, if you don't know what MCT oil is like refined coconut oil, um, I, that's something else that I did to help increase the level of good fats. The, the, the good fats are broken down into ketones, which feed your brain significantly more efficient than carbohydrate. You know, intermittent fasting kind of gets you on a kind of a, kind of a, a, a almost ketogenic type of a energetic state where you're burning more fat for fuel than sugars and carbs. You know, that Dave Asbury guy, the bulletproof guy, yeah. he is dead on because that's, I, I did all of his stuff increase. You know, I, I, I almost quadrupled the amount of good fats that I was eating. And then within a year I was leaner than I've been in the last 15 years. Yeah, because okay. those good fats burn immediately energy. They don't store on your body as fat. So right, and and I, I you know through intermittent fasting, fasting, I switched my body's metabolism more to being a fat burner. Yeah, so it cut out carbs, cut sugars, basically switched my body over to being more of a fat burner, which and that's breaks what, down into ketones. That's what intermittent right. fasting does, is it turns your body into a fat burning, because after eight hours of fasting, that's when your body switches over to fat burning mode. So you start burning all the fats as energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Michael. Yeah.